You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Hey, it's that time again. Me and these two morons. Uh, this is Keith Porter with It Came From Gen X. Alongside your host, Michael, the skin bone skinner. And Brian, the fish bone, a.k.a. Fish Fisher. We are glad to be here today on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful summer day yes. in late July. I won't even bother to give the date because, you know, you got recording time and air time, but it's uh, late in July. So we're just happy to be here. Hope you guys are having a great week. I know I am. I've been exhausted, but it's been a good week. How have you been, Fish? Really good. Uh, thank you. I had a nice uh, extended getaway with uh, lovely uh, girlfriend, Allie. Uh, over the past, over the weekend, and then some. So, went over to Waterville, Ohio. So, that's in Western mm-hmm. Ohio. Just, it's a suburb of Toledo, Ohio. And we stayed in a nice place along the Maumee River that's there. Uh, just wonderful, relaxing time. Hot tub on the deck there, overlooking the river. Did some kayaking there. Restaurants were Good delicious. Yeah, nice breweries it in the area. It looked very tranquil. Yeah, so it was very, very nice. So very, not much need to get away for us. We had a great time. So that was uh, yeah. my highlight of the week for certain. Oh. Good. Well, one of these days soon, hopefully I'll be coming back saying I, I had a little getaway. Yes, indeed. My man, Skinbone, how you been, brother? Uh, good, good. Busy-ass day today, but uh, glad to be here. Um, we're getting ready for my uncle's retirement party on over the weekend. He doesn't know... We're, my uncle retiring from a oh, seven up be after forty two years, I think. Seven up, you wow. said. Yes, he originally started with RC Cola, if you remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Who has Still it? make it. And then what? So I haven't yes. done anything for forty two years except eat. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we know. We see that. <laughs> but yeah, so we're gearing up for a nice uh, surprise party on Sunday, so we're looking forward to it. Okay, cool. Is cool. there be any seven up there? I'm, uh, um. Yeah, there should be. <laughs> We're beating seven up. He's got to bring seven up. He don't even know it's his party. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, guys. Yeah, I had a great weekend. Uh, started early. Had a great time at my man Skinner's house. Uh, Thursday night. Uh, dinner was great. Just a great time with the Skinner's grandkids. Just beautiful. Uh, made my night. Uh, I wanted to bring that little baby home with me. <laughs> those, Isn't she something? I can brag oh, all man. I want with she her. Is, uh, she is a ball of sunshine, I tell you. And uh, Friday night was great. And, of course, Saturday night was uh, mixed nuts at Lou's, which was absolutely freaking awesome. Oh, good. Um, and, I, you know, I didn't care. I took the whole shebang. I took big old thousand-watt speaker, triggers, <laughs> butt kicker. I had just the most killer sound. <laughs> We blew the ears off everybody, but we had a great night. Um, they really enjoyed us out there and told us we were their favorite band. Uh, it was the best we've played, I think, since I've been in that band. Oh, very good. Good. Glad well, it was a good show. I can honestly say, yeah, it was our best show. Uh, so it was, it was great. Uh, I, was, I didn't care too much for our last show. I thought it was very sloppy, uh, and I kind of let the guys know about it. I didn't appreciate it. You know, too much drinking, not enough concentration. And just was like garage days up there. And uh, we got it together for this one. And I was really, really proud of the whole band. So I uh, just spent a week getting the whole house together, man. I've been getting a lot of things done that I've been wanting to for months now. Got cameras wired around the house. So I can, you know, anywhere I, I can see my sister in the living room and other places. And good to get things done. So I'm just excited about tonight's show. And let's get things cooking. So fish. Tell them where they can find us. All right. Well, you might be listening to us uh, right now on WMVU.org, Global Internet Radio, Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Just pull up their site or their app, uh, play Live Listen, and uh, hear us right there every Monday, along with their other fine content. Uh, They have free music and other shows for your listening enjoyment. You can listen to us whenever you want to on demand. Pull us up on many podcast platforms, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Verbal. Uh, pull us up, give us a subscribe. The It Came From Gen X podcast, and as we publish new episodes weekly, they'll pop in your podcast, po- podcast feed, free of charge, and listen to us uh, whenever you want. 
Uh, all show information, all links to our show, uh, social media, uh, YouTube channel, it came from Gen X, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, etc. Two main places you can find us. Our Linktree account is Google Linktree. It came from Gen X. It's simply a page with links to our social media, including places you can also listen to us. And our website, it came from genx.wordpress.com. All show information is there, links to where you can listen to us there also, links to our social media, links to our current episodes, videos, bios, and if you wish to sponsor the show, you can find a link on our website, or just pull up our patreon.com uh, slash it came from Gen X, post a couple bucks if you wish, and uh, not to do that, but if you do, we appreciate it, we appreciate your support. Best thing you can do is share us, like us, follow us, rate, review tell a friend. That's how we grow. And uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate your support out there, Gen X fans. Yes, we do. And speaking of support, uh, just want to say hey to our good people at Family Medicine, City Hospital. Thank you very much. Good people at Mac Pharmacy, good people at Star Chiropractic and Wellness. And we appreciate you. Uh, To all our listeners overseas, we want to thank you so much. Uh, Germany, um, Ireland, wherever you may be, we appreciate you. Our listeners in Pittsburgh, uh, thank you to the Ramey family for faithfully listening. And, uh, you know, I got to apologize. You guys wouldn't know, but I'm going to tell you, we almost had a special guest on the show. Uh, our, our podcast producer, uh, Mike's son, Michael Skinner Jr., Jr. as we call him, was on here. But for some reason, he'd rather spend time with his fiance and eat dinner. I don't understand that. But. I don't either. <laughs> But, but hopefully we'll get him back uh, just to give you a brief uh, synopsis of what he's been doing. Just some exciting stuff. We're getting to watch his career really, really take off. As, uh, he's a very, very talented young man. And so hopefully we'll get him back uh, next week or whenever to tell you all about that. So, well, his fiance is um, much better to look at than we are. That's for sure. I don't know. I'm pretty good looking. I don't I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I got to agree with Fisher on this one. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, you may you may someday have some good looking more more I should say more good looking grandchildren perhaps someday with uh, with those uh, with someday. those two. So we'll see. Yeah. Yes. All more right. the merrier. Oh. Yep. You're gonna move in with you. T- <laughs> no, 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 no. I would... No, 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 no. All right. Well, with, since we got Skitter all riled up, how about we get him going with some world news? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I've been saying this for a couple weeks, and I'm going to say it again. There's not a lot going on, which is a great thing. Uh, COVID's doing a spike again. Uh, There's a new variant coming out. As a matter of fact, it just announced today that President Biden has been uh, contracted the coronavirus. Um, There's not a lot going on around the world uh, other than the Ukraine-Russian Conflict. Although I did see on here that the Chechens are looking to possibly go uh, confront Russia because they are not happy with what they've done to um, uh, what they've been doing. So keep an eye on that. There's some news that Iran is looking to do some do some damage to American uh, embassies uh, over there because they're not happy that we're uh, against the Russians. What else is do? A lot of stuff, you know, the the heat and the tension, not just the uh, European uh, drought that, that's going on with uh, excessive heat and not a lot of rain, but uh, there's a lot of tension that's uh, boiling over there. What I do want to mention, and it brings up a good point that uh, Porter was talking about during our pre-show, um, I don't know if you guys heard, the inflation number came out at the end of June, and it was 9.1%. Highest in recorded history, from my understanding. <clears throat> Inflation usually, on a good year, should be around, th- you know, two and a half, three, maybe four percent. But for it to be at nine point one and still rising is pretty phenomenal. Uh, what has happened that they say is cu- uh, trying to curb inflation is to, uh, for the national uh, interest rate to raise. Now, the mortgage rate has more than doubled since January. 
So what we used to think was a, and have been thinking for the last couple of years, including myself when I bought my house, is that it was a buyer's market. It is no longer a buyer's market. It is a seller's market. Uh, interest rates are high. People are going to slow down in spending, which is supposed to be curbing the um, curbing the inflation. Gas prices are coming down a little bit. Um, I filled up today for three ninety two, which it's been upwards of four. What? What did it get here? Did it get to five bucks in Akron? I'm trying to remember if it got that high. It was close. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was about five bucks it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> what Porter brought up was how that the mortgage industry affects rentals, people that rent, because there's a high amount of people that would would rather rent than own, or there's those that just don't have the credit uh, availability to purchase a home on their own. So, Keith, I want you to kind of come into light with that, uh, with your aspect, because I know that's near and dear to you with what you do, do your nine to five um, right. with the rental, uh, because more people are going to start wanting to rent or the rent pricing is going to be affected based on what's going on with the interest rates and people buying houses. You know, there were a lot of people that were renting, bought the houses during the buyers, during the, you know, this mm -hmm. craze over the last couple of years. Now that that's halting, is that going to put uh, the rental market back on the forefront? What do you got? Okay. What do you got on that? Well, well, yeah, I do work uh, for the county and I have to leave it at that. I'm not really allowed to say where. Mm -hmm. And when you brought the story up, it started me to think, well, this really started to take place in 2008 during the housing crash. Right. And when you said that it's become a seller's market um, in the world that we're living in today, and I'm just speaking of today. I know things were worse at one time and better at one time, but I'm just talking about today. Um, how does it affect us in society right now? And, and it's not everybody, but the, the problem is when it is a seller's market or a renter's market, if you will, mm -hmm. um, that is a prime a vehicle for racism and prejudice. Um, mm -hmm. 2008, uh, Fannie Mae crashed. Uh, just thousands of uh, unsubsidized loans were called in and people Predator lost their lending. Homes. Yes. Part of that. So all of a sudden now, all of these homeowners are now renters. And now landlords who were just looking to, to get some money now are able to pick and choose. Okay. Now they're empowered when this happens. When they become empowered, then you start to see who's really who and what they're made of. So basically what happens... You know, and, and, and this one thing I want to say, I am so proud at my job. The majority of us who do this are white. I think that's the one thing that I'm most proud of. They're white. And when we have our yearly uh, uh, recertification meeting and everybody has to talk, I hear them say, Tell the most remarkable stories of why they got involved with this. And one thing that they say I wish everybody could hear is, is because they didn't believe this existed. And I think that's the biggest problem right now with a lot of white people. They don't think racism is as prominent as it is because it's passive aggressive now. It's not out there right now. You know, it's not just out there somebody calling you the N-word. It's things like what happened on my job. And I'll give you an example. I'll go in to, to rent a place and I'll be treated so nice and they'll go through the whole shebang of giving me the tour and all that stuff, taking my information, give me an application, all that great stuff. And I'll get told something like, Keith, the rent's 900, but we got about six more weeks of repair. And as soon as we're done, we'll give you a call. Well, right behind me, they'll send a white girl in who works for us. They don't know this. And she'll get told the rent's 800 and you can move in Monday. So this is the kind of things that go on when you get empowered. Um, 
and you know, and and I want to just you know make this all white people one thing. I'm just telling you what predominantly goes on. So I think that is uh, one of the scariest parts about hearing this story because right now we all know about steerage. Um, I investigate uh, lending places as well, and I investigate them because we find out that they have a system in place where when you try to buy a house as a minority, they steer you to the neighborhoods they want you in. You know, and it's really, really sad. They try to keep you from the nicer places um, or places where you're not wanted. And we have to investigate those places. You know, you have the right, the power to dictate where you want to move. And we have caught them uh, lending places time after time again, trying to steer uh, me or someone else into a particular neighborhood. So I think, you know, and and when we talk about uh, the uh it is a seller's market. I think that is one of the major things that we have to watch for. And the worst thing that a, a white person can do is nothing or not be aware that this goes on because it does. Fish, you got any any uh, experience in the subject matter? Nope, I got nothing more to add than that. I mean, I really, I've been fortunate that, that you know, just that hasn't impacted me. But, uh, you know, Keith is right. I mean, it is something that, yeah, I don't, you're right. I don't, even, I don't even think about that stuff. But you're right, it goes on every day, and it's good that there are efforts to crack down on it because it's not right, uh, it's not fair. And, uh, you know, if somebody is uh, caught uh, discriminating uh, uh, based on someone's, uh, you know, color of their skin or otherwise, then, you know, they should pay, you know, whatever penalty is, is, is due to them. So, um, yeah, so I can't add any more than what the Keith said. And think about it, Fish. You you're looking for a place to live. You go do your due diligence, and they offer you the place. You're none the wiser of who else tried to get this place. You sure. know what I'm saying? That's right. You could go your whole lifetime never knowing that this type of thing goes on. You're right, and and you're right. I mean, as a, as a white man, I would not even think about it. Right. We didn't even think right. about it normally. Yep. All right. Thank you, Skinner. Um, yep. What seemed like not an important story is actually a very important story right. uh, for people to, to be be aware. Be aware. And um, yeah, and, be, and it's not just in the mortgage industry. You need to be aware of this happening everywhere uh, mm-hmm, because you're right. It's not just isolated in the in this with the housing. Right. You, That's just one small. One small thing. You look at it, yeah. people looking for jobs. I guarantee that that mm-hmm. crap is happening when people are trying to become employed. Um, and they're, even though there's supposed to be your color, your skin, or you know the gender of your, uh, whether you're male or female, it should not matter. If you're mm-hmm. qualified for the position, you should have the utmost chance to uh, you know, be awarded that. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, very good, All Keith. Right. Thanks for your assistance on this one. All right, yep, thank you. Okay, guys, little sports and music. Wow, not too much going on in sports. We are anticipating NFL training camp here in a week or in a few days, actually, hmm. uh, for a lot of teams. And uh, with that, there's a lot of NFL news going around. Um, just a quick report on some things going on in the NFL, maybe the NBA. Um, Kyler Murray, um, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, who kind of waited things out a little bit, uh, they finally settled um, $230 million, Well, actually, $0.5 million is uh, one of the richest quarterbacks in the NFL now. It is, I can't remember how to, yes, a five-year extension. Hmm. And, you know, this is nothing new. We've seen these big deals happen uh, a lot as of late. And my question is simply this, guys. Is it just the nature of the business right now, or are we just paying guys way too much money who haven't done a thing? Um, before you answer, I just want to think about a list I saw on one of the uh, on the NFL Network the other day. And I forgot who made the list, but somebody really chewed them up. No, it was actually on a Colin Coward show. And a list of top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. And to me, I just thought it was utterly disrespectful and disgusting. Number one was Aaron Rodgers. Number two was, I think, Pat Mahomes. Number three was Josh Allen. I mean, it was just utterly ridiculous. 
why Tom Brady wasn't number one, I, I, I will never understand that in my life. You can't, if, you know, if I had to pick a guy for one year, that's the guy I'm picking right now. Um, I love Pat Mahomes. He's dynamic. Boy, Josh Allen is awesome. Um, Lamar Jackson, all that. But to me, when you prove you can do what I need done over and over and over again, and that's when, mm -hmm. and that's show up in the big moments, you're more than worth your weight and goal. These guys are getting awful lot of money, and, I mean, he threw an interception in last year's playoff game. He, 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 was very, he wasn't very good at all. Now, I know he lost DeAndre Hopkins, but he just wasn't very good in those big moments. The great ones. Make it happen no matter who's out there playing. We've seen Brady do it with guys we don't even know who they are. Who's this playing receiver? We've seen him uh, turn a rugby player into a playoff star. So, I don't know. My opinion, I'll just give mine first. I think it's ridiculous the amount of money guys are getting and they haven't given what they were signed for, and that's to win the big one or at least get very close. Uh, I think it's really disgusting. Start with you. Uh, fish yeah i'm with you man it's like i don't i wasn't happy with uh you know as you guys know i'm a dallas cowboys fan i wasn't happy with Dak prescott's yeah. contract neither you know i'm glad yeah. to have him on the team but you know you could barely you play many seasons you can't even win a playoff game you know and murray you know the cardinals started out so strong last year and they really limped into the playoffs like you said they had a very quick uh exit so i i just don't get it i think it's just the the i i it's just that position is continuing to suck up so much of the team payroll. And I don't know how you could effectively build a team mm -hmm. around a high-profile quarterback like that right. and really put themselves in a position to win as a team. You know, we've, we've talked about it a lot. You mentioned Tom Brady here, too. It's, you know, you know, is that one reason why one reason why he continues to, beyond his talent, certainly, but his yeah. practices well, he's in many pay cuts. That's right. His practices in. He's smart enough to know that. Listen, I, I, you restructure my deal. Whatever you got to do, keep some guys around me to protect me and to yeah. catch the ball and play some defense. And that's how we win as a team. And you know, no surprise that he's one of the most winning winningest quarterbacks or the most winningest quarterback uh, yeah, you know, of all time. It. You know, so it's the it's, most. I don't know. So I'm with uh, you. I mean, we're talking about in an era that's hard to repeat. Yeah. And all that stuff. And he's done it over and over and over again. And the other thing, too, is uh, that bothers me. They've built this monster, this built-in system within the, 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 the market where it's about market value. You know, say we're talking about how Lamar Jackson looks really smart now by holding off, not re-signing, taking his, you know, new deal. And they said because Kyler Murray got this deal, he has to get more by virtue of the market. Why? And this this whole thing is just a mess. Yep, it's it's ridiculous, man. What do you think, Skinner? Oh, I'm I, that that contract is ridiculous. Uh, Deshaun Watson's contract with the Browns, absolutely Ugh. ridiculous, insane. What has he done to earn that paycheck? What has Kyler Murray done other than lose like D Dak Prescott? I mean, there's three quarterbacks right there, three ridiculous contracts, mm -hmm. but yet not one of them has done anything to you. win a playoff game or at least. Yeah. And know. I'll say this. I'll respect uh, Deshaun Watson's more than Kyler Murray, and I'll tell you why. Now, I don't like the whole fully guaranteed. That's insanity. Yeah. But I respect the fact that if you want a guy bad enough, pay them, you know, and make sure nobody else gets them. And that's what the Browns aggressively did. I can respect that. But when a person's been on your team for a few years, you know, it's about what have you done for me lately? Yeah. You know, and it's like, hey, I'm not about to reward you when you haven't done what I paid you for in the first place. What I get made you a millionaire out of college for in the first place. So, I don't know. Good point. Just that's our uh, our professional sports for you. Also, uh, another big contract, James Harden, um, signed for a pretty big deal. Um, don't want to go too much into this one, but I just thought it was kind of crazy. Uh, Eleven points last year in the playoffs uh, uh, against Miami, 
and uh, he came up pretty short. Questions about him losing a step, and he gets an extension. Uh, ben Simmons gets shipped off to Brooklyn. So I don't know. Um, it's really, really weird. Uh, also, guys, NFL news. Um, there is a, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a rule, but uh, teams are going to get an alternative helmet. That's a rule change. Choice. Yeah. It's a rule change it's a rule throughout change, the yeah. season. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot. Actually, I've only seen the Cowboys, and we I kind of commented today. I thought it was boring because it was really a throwback is what it was. Yep. And I'd rather see something creative, uh, something that says 2022. If you get an opportunity to, to, to change your uniform for a small time. Now, it's hard to change uniforms for a lot of teams. You can do it when you're Detroit. You can do it when you're the Bengals. But it's hard to do it when you're a uh legacy you know when you're the cowboys you're the steelers you're you know the, the don't change the browns uniform man they want them orange colors uh some of these teams that have been around a long time with the strong fan bases and uh uh you know have legendary status um but i i, I just think it's kind of cool um i think it's good to bring a little bit of 20 of modern day uh style to mm -hmm. a football and it's kind of smart because you're not doing it for, like, period. You're doing it for a small time throughout the season, and I think it's kind of cool. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I've always liked the alternative rush uniforms, even though some of them have been blinding. Some of them have been disgusting. The throwbacks have been fun, even though some of them have been disgusting. <laughs> some of them have been cool. Uh, so I think it's pretty cool. I think it keeps football fresh. Skinner, what do you think, bro? Um, I love the fact that they're going to do an alternative this year. This should have been done years ago. Um, you know, when you think of throwback uniforms, I think of the Green Bay Packers and a particular uniform that I used to see on the high school football team down below when his son was playing out on the field. Uh, those throwback uh, uniforms. Um, I won't mention any names, Bumblebee, but um, but yeah, no, the uh, the alternative helmet. I agree with you 100% when you said it needs to be 2022. Don't go yeah. back. Go forward. Do something do something fresh, something new. That's what the kids today want to see. They don't want to see us old geezers uh, reminisce when we were kids. They want to see something <laughs> new. So, Okay. You know, I think I'll, there are some teams that I think their fortunes would change if they a little bit if they change their uniform. Um, I think if you've been associated with a loser, I think when people, other players see those colors, that's what they think of you. They automatically think they're going to pounce on you. They play you a certain way because that's what you've been. I, I mean, it's been documented. Look at the teams who changed their uniforms and, you know, and, and maybe went with something a little more ferocious, a little more darker colors. And their team has changed. If the Bengals did it and it changed their whole franchise, they've been to what? Three Super Bowls now? You know, since mm -hmm. yep. changing their uniforms, um, there's a few teams that I think really need to to change the, at least their helmets, if not their entire uniforms. First um, one that comes to mind is the Jets for me. Okay, how, how long have they been in that? Well, they changed back and forth a couple times now. Yeah, they went back to the green last year. So yeah. now they got, they got the green again. Now they, they had the they had the old fashioned white for a minute. Now they're back in the Jets, like the green that they had like in the eighties and stuff. Now, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. You're you're right. I remember seeing that now. Um, the Chargers have got the you know the powder blue added. They look pretty cool. I think their fortunes have changed. Um. I think the Titans should take the white out of their the help. They did actually. They went with the dark blue in their helmet. I'd like I to see the Titans. I would like to see. I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I would love to see the Titans. They did. It, they did it. So they had this rule before. So you could have it all. You could have an alternate helmet a few years mm -hmm. ago. So they had all these a few years ago, and then because of safety reasons, they put a rule in. You can only have one helmet. So the throwbacks. They've only they've only been able like, to remove the decals and just very simple things with yeah. the same helmet. So. But the, the Titans that year did uh, uh, wear the old Houston Oilers uniforms. I'd love to see okay. those again. That's one of the, my favorite yeah, NFL uniforms right. of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, Those are great. Yeah. Uh, the number one team, I think, needs to change their helmets, man. Just get rid of the white and just make the helmet black. You don't have to change your logo or anything, and that's the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I think it would do wonders wonders for them. Uniforms are fine. Just 
change the helmet. So yeah, look up uh, when you guys have time. Look up the Bengals. The Bengals are going to have a white tiger version. So they're going to have a white okay. helmet with the black stripes and a white. So the orange is basically taken away. So it's it's the same type of uniform with no orange. Looks pretty sweet. Uh, Carolina is going to have an all black helmet with just like the the panther, like the blue Carolina blue outline on it. So that's more of a modern take. But there's other throwbacks as well, like the Falcons are going to have the old red helmet. The Patriots are going to wear the old Pat Patriot uniform again that they had in the 70s oh, and 80s. So I, I hated that. I like that, though. But, you know, like you said, the Cowboys would be you know, what they wore in the 60s and some other ones there. They're going to keep rolling these out. So every, virtually every team, I'm sure. And it's a way for them to sell merchandise and everything else. So. Do you guys think this is, uh, you know, you got to give credit to where credit is due. I, I think, you know, the catalyst of this was the Oregon Ducks who Could have be. become famous. Sure. For the uniform and helmet, I mean they they have a wardrobe. Sure, I mean that was a that was a lot of boldness to buck against tradition and say, you know what, we're going to not only change our helmets and uniform, but we're going to have multiple helmets and uniform, yeah. and people love it. Sure, the young kids gravitated to them like crazy. They're some of the top selling jerseys in yep. all of college football. So sure. I think maybe the NFL is taking a page out of that. So. Absolutely, you want I want to buy the yep. I want to buy the the normal jersey. Want to buy the the throwback jersey. Want to buy the absolutely paraphernalia yeah. with the throwback stuff. I mean, it just sells more merch. Yeah. I'm certainly going to get the, the Steelers uh, alternative jersey, the all black with the deep, dark yellow on them this year. You know, love to have one of those. So, yeah. okay, guys, uh, that's it for, for sports uh, music. A uh, few things went on this day in music uh, that caught my eye. And one of the first things will go all the way back to 1976. And... Uh, uh, I started 1973, Jim Croce, one of my favorite folk artists, uh, him, Harry Chapin, a few other. Uh, he had a two-week run at number one with Bad, Bad Leroy Brown. We all remember that song. Sure. Um, it had the word damn in it, and we thought we were really saying something because we said that. And and I, I remember saying, Mama, it's a song. And, you know, I still got popped in the lips. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jim Croce was killed in the plane crash three months later. Of course, I was too young to really understand the impact of that, but I'm sure it was devastating to some. So it just got me thinking, guys, about we have so many music artists killed in plane crash lately. Yeah. Uh, is there one in particular that impacted you the most, uh, Skinner? When you mentioned that uh, pre pre show, first one that came to mind for me is John Denver. Oh, jeez, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. he. Uh, he was uh, country music when I was listening to it with my mother. Sure, icon. Uh, during that time, uh, that's where I got to learn Johnny Cash, John Denver, mm -hmm. um, Ricky Skaggs, a lot of the old school um, before Garth Brooks era is what I call yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. I love his oh, voice, yeah. love his music. Sure. John I've Denver, always made the claim that I am the only black man in America that knows all the words, so thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, laugh on the farmers, kind of laid back. No, no country boy, me can't hack early to be early in the sack. Thank God, I'm a country boy. You know, for <laughs> country music, song. his yes. music was very soothing for being country. Very music. soothing, oh, yeah. very relaxing. Yes. Um, so it when, you yes. feel like you're country. out there in the woods, yeah, the wind in your face, just at peace, right? Okay, yeah. that's a good one, John Denver. Okay, thanks, Gary. That's a good. How about you, Fish? How about Rainy Roads? I mean, it's like you know, oh, yeah. he was just starting to change the face of metal. I sure did. I mean, one of the you know, most talented young guitar players at, at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it just dumb, dumb people trying to be stupid and killed Very him. Stupid. It just ah, yeah. and you, it's just another one of those guys where you just wonder what could have happened if he would have lived, stupid, you know, right. what, what kind of music would he have put out? Cause he was such a force back then with, uh, with Ozzy Osbourne. So a real, real shame. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to hear the, uh, uh, the, the genius of Randy Rose, uh, just blizzard of Oz. Yeah. I mean, just unbelievable, <laughs> man. Unbelievable. That's the best album that Ozzy if you ever really want to get it, mm. that listen to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. You know, guys, um, you know, there, there was a couple for me and 
there's one that has that happened a long, long time ago before my time, but it has recently meant a lot to me. And I'm some people are going to fall off their seat when I say this. And it's Patsy Klein. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I don't, I don't know. If she died in a plane crash. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, she died to play class. Um, and the I guess the reason why I just feel like there's a personal connection. I have spent the last five years playing the drums for a Patsy Cline musical. Um, it was a play slash musical. Um, and I just enjoy not only just playing it, but just watching it as it per- plays out. It is, is beautifully done. Um, Good friend of mine, uh, Keitha Brown, who's played Patsy for years, uh, mm. marvelous. Um, and uh, Kathy Snyder plays uh, the girl who met her at a at a at a hoot nanny at a at a bar, I guess, and became friends with her, sort of unofficial manager, and they become friends out this play, and it shows what it meant to her. Then it it leads right up to they play the actual broadcast of Patsy Cline's death. Um, and it's just a chilling moment every time it happens. And I've just grown to learn to appreciate her. So um, that was one that came to my mind when I thought about it. So any thoughts about Patsy Cline, Skinner? She was an icon. Her yeah. music, um, you know, I think her music put female artists on the map when it come to uh, to that country music. Uh, you know, old, old school country music. Kind of like John Denver. Just a yeah. smooth voice, not going real low, not trying to go real high, just smooth. Yep, very easy on the ears. Yes, very easy. Fish? Yeah, it's, it's like you say, it's just classic country. That's the type of country her, John Denver, that's the type of country music that I like personally. The old school, smooth, yeah. like folksy type country, classic country type yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, guys, also this day uh, in music, um, 1996, not too long ago for us, um, Alanis Morissette, album hit number one in the UK, uh, Jagged Little Pill. And the big hit off that song, the first one, was You Ought to Know. Uh, I heard the song, and I liked it. Didn't pay too much attention to it until my wife at the time kept saying, somebody pissed that B off. And I said, what? And I started listening to the lyrics, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe what was being said. Uh, it became one of the most famous X's. We say X-E-X, hmm. you know, X's songs of all time. And I thought it would be cool to talk about some of the most uh, famous X songs. I found a nice little list, but only like three that I thought was really relative to, to us. Um, but first of all, any thoughts about you ought to know, uh, Fisher? A lot of women in our generation, probably if they had a, if they had a bad breakup or something like that, I guarantee that was one of the songs they probably had playing in their CD player at, in their car to, uh, empower them and get them fired up. So uh, without yeah. question, yeah, great vocals um, on that song, the great vocals, great song. She admitted a lot in that song. Oh yeah, um, especially the part about the theater. I thought, wow, okay. Yeah, very, very, um, yeah, very old. Like I say, very open song. Very, yeah, you, you tell yeah, it's, very open. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yep. Skinner. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just totally lost my train of thought. I'm looking up breakup songs, but Alanis Morissette, she was uh, she came screaming on the scene, and I think that song like that's a good said, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was something that we hadn't heard before, and like your your ex wife said, somebody pissed that bitch off, and yeah. she made it very her the sound of her voice, the way she, you could feel it in her song that somebody had ticked her off, and you know, good for yeah, her. Were, I go ahead, Skinner. Sorry, no, go ahead, please. As I was saying, there were I don't recall many songs up to that, up to that point where a lot of breakup songs were. Woe is me and broken you know, hearted. But yeah, this was like, absolutely. listen, I am angry and I uh-huh. am, you know, I, you need to know that I'm, you know, angry. And it's, yeah. it's, it was a whole different vibe and feel yeah, in that it song. It was a totally different vibe. And I know this isn't what we're talking about, but the, uh, the other hit off that uh, uh, she had was, uh, you know, Isn't It Ironic? 
Uh, yeah. One of the most brilliant lyrics I think I've ever heard. I thought it was great, you know, uh, meeting the man of your dreams, then meeting his beautiful wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like it was just a brilliant little bit of song. But yeah, that was different because it wasn't, ah, oh, miss you, my heart is broken, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. She came angry, ticked off, let him know what he was missing. And your other chick ain't about crap. So, yep. all right, guys, the X song I want to mention. Let's let's keep it in that vein. We talked about the wee wee John Waite back in I think the eighties or maybe early nineties. I'm yep. missing you. It was in the now, late eighties. Eighties. Now he wasn't saying uh, I'm missing you. He said I ain't missing you at all. So he kind of came with with a with a different approach, kind of saying, you know, I'm 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 all right. I'm doing okay without you. Um, now the next one, man, you talk about coming with some, some fire CeeLo green with F (laughs) you, if the change in my pocket just wasn't enough, (laughs) you know, that's a very catchy, it's a very catchy tune though. Oh, it was was very catchy, man. (laughs) And you know, it was a while for everybody to realize what the real words were like, okay, man. (laughs) So that was really bold to come out with that. You know what? Just blank you. I don't really care. So, and of course, and the last one, this song actually won song of the year was by a very interesting group. One of those groups that just come out of nowhere, have a number one song, win a Grammy, you never hear from again. Go TA. Um, someone that I used to know. Yeah, good song. Okay, yeah, and that's a song basically about how people change, uh, you know, in relationships. You know, you're not the same person as you met. So we got three different, I guess, four different approaches, uh, to an X song. Uh, if you wrote one, what would it be like? Skinner, <laughs> any of those are something different. Well, I may shock you with the, the choice. Some think the song means. I think it's gonna be like "f you." <laughs> uh, a little band by the name of Boys to Men mm-hmm. sang a song in the mid '90s called "End of the Road." Group, not a band. <laughs> they're they're a group, but that song is about uh, pleading to an ex to come back. Mm-hmm. Many think that song has a different meaning, but it's actually playing to an ex-girlfriend or ex-wife to come back. That was a very powerful song. Uh, still to this day is a pretty powerful song. And then one other one I got is from Carrie Underwood, kind of like the Alanis Morissette. Uh, mm-hmm. The song is called When He Cheats. Mm-hmm. Um, she portrays a very angry, in a different way than Lonis Morissette, but a very. But angry would that be person. something you? I'm, I want to know what what you would write. What kind of song would you? Oh, I'm put sorry. Out there? I, I guess I should have listened to your question. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God, I you know, I got you pegged for CeeLo. I just I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, with the breakups that I've had, uh, and you guys have been right next to me during the, oh, yeah. the, the ones. Yeah, CeeLo probably would be a very good one. Um, <laughs> well, you, well, you know, Keith, Skinner wrote a breakup song for every every marriage that ended. He would have, you know, he has a nice variety. <laughs> Live from Tokyo, Skinner. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know. It's an hour and a half I concert. Wish, now, this, now, this breakup, now, this breakup here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. And not right, one now of we're them up would, to the 90s. Let's not one of them would be pleading for them to come back. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Dub- double live album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. All right, Fish. Fish, what do you got, man? Oh, my God. Is there, yeah. is there something we mentioned or a different song? Yeah, I like you know I like all those you mentioned. I, I like that there's variation of breakup songs anymore because that's that's what you feel if you've been through multiple breakups. It, there are emotional ones where you screwed up, and you have that realization that you screwed something that was really good, and you you, know, you have those emotions. Others you were screwed over and you're angry about it. So I like all these different emotions, these different uh, variations that they have out there. Uh, so. I mean, for me, one of the most powerful ones that I would think I would probably write because I get a little emotional. Usually, I've been through some crazy breakups, as you guys know as well, <clears throat> that were very 
FU type. But most of mine were pretty emotional. Like the, that Michael Jackson man. No, she's out of my life. Excuse me. I heard this. I heard the other day on the radio. Oh, that is one, one of the yeah. best. One of the best. One of his best songs. Mm-hmm. Period. Number one. I was from the Off the Wall album. Actually, not even Thriller. Yes. But great, great song. Very, very emotional. Just he was. You know, he lost his woman because he was just didn't pay enough attention to her. Too much pride and everything else. And he really was feeling the 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 uh, screw up on his behalf afterwards. So. I think that'd be the type of song I would, if I was inclined and talented enough to write one, it'd be something like that. Right. Okay, good. Uh, me personally, um, <clears throat> I guess my, my, my uh, flesh part of me would want to be something closer to uh, CeeLo, um, but I'd probably be more inclined to I Still Love You by Kiss. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I just think Paul Stanley just sings his gut heart out at the end of that song um was one of my favorite of all time and i think that's probably where i'd be so all right guys uh another day in music man i remember it like it was yesterday um i remember when i first heard the song 1987 guns and roses appetite for destruction came out i'll never forget where i was i was up there on uh over in uh, East Akron, well, not East Akron, kind of like uh, where, uh, um, gee, uh, I can't think of it right now, but um, near Summit Lake when I heard the song, um, Welcome to the Jungle, and I was like, what is this? Never heard anything like it. They just totally dominated uh, hard rock, heavy metal music after that. They were fresh. They were raw. Um, nobody heard anything like them. It is one of my, probably my number one group that I hate today. Um, but back then, man, it was just, it was like a breath of fresh air when they came out. Do you remember that day? Fish, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember that summer I bought two tape, two big tape. It was like the Faster Pussycat album and Guns N' Roses. It was the two, two mm-hmm. newer sounding groups at the time. I remember seeing the uh, Welcome to Jungle video on MTV, and you know that one. They kind of had the glam look for ten seconds there, but other after that, it was like the this like it was jeans, cutoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, just guys that would just walk on the stage and then just kick your ass. That's one of the few oh. albums that I have to this day that front to back you play the entire album every song is good on that album in some way shape or form even though some got a lot of extra radio play obviously but that whole album is a great album start to finish when you would pop that tape in you didn't skip a song that was that was just that was just it and yeah and it's still to this day uh, you know, it it was very prevalent even in the Thor movie. I know we'll talk about Thor in a little bit yeah, here too, but there, yeah, there was a lot absolutely. of Guns N' Roses in that movie. So de- definitely still very relevant uh, today. Great album. Yeah, and every song, the stories behind each song is interesting as well. Uh, you know, Mr. Brownstone, uh, you know, that was about them really dealing with the demon of heroin. Um, and then, of course, you know, the one song, uh, the... The the lamentation of the woman yes. <laughs> was Rocket really Man. happening Queen, in Rocket the Queen. studio. Rocket Queen. No, 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 not Rocket Queen. Uh, where the woman was, oh, oh, yeah. that was really going on in the studio where Axel was with uh, one of the members' ex-girlfriends. Yep. And they decided to record her, as I said, lamentations, and they put it in the song. Oh, yeah. so, it was oh, it was Rocket Queen, uh, but yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. You sure? Okay, yes. I'm sorry. It's Maybe okay. it was. Okay, but you're right. But you're right. But you're right. He did record it there yep. in the studio. Yep. Okay, so uh, it's a skitter. Well, they didn't know it back in 1987, but it's the theme song for the Skinner Farson household right now. Welcome to the jungle. Which- that's our theme <laughs> it song. Still is. <laughs> that's our that's our theme song right now. But no, yes, it that is. That album, like you said, from start to finish, is absolutely incredible. Uh, welcome to the jungle, sweet child of mine. Night train, uh, rocket queen, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City. Uh, it's so easy, my Michelle. I mean, every one of those should have been on the radio mm-hmm. and getting significant playtime. You yeah. can put that album on in 1987, just like you can in 2022, 
And yeah. Mike Fisher said, you just don't turn it off. You listen to it and then say, I'm going to rewind it. Well, nowadays, you just start from the beginning with the digital but and start it over and play it again. It's that good of an album. Mm-hmm. Right. Real quick, Skitter, what's your favorite song off the album? Um, God, that's tough, dude. You would have to ask that question. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Probably Night Train, truthfully. Good okay. One. As much as the other one's got a lot more playtime, I think Night Train is a great song. Off yeah, playtime doesn't matter. Just what's your favorite? What do you think, Fish? It's so easy. Oh, okay. another good choice. tune. Yeah, yeah, I I I like uh, Paradise uh, City. I think it's just the ultimate uh, sing along. You know, group the uh, audience sing along to the chorus. It's a good um, karaoke has, song. Yeah, then it's got a great rock rhythm, and then mm-hmm. it just takes off like jet fuel at the end. Um, I, that is like the most perfectly written song if you're trying to write a great rock song. So I like Paradise City, and I, it's Sweet Child of Mine. I thought that was the most different song. I've ever heard in, in the hard rock genre. One of my favorite guitar solos, bar none, of anything. So, um, if you want to know why I hate Guns N' Roses today, I think they just turned into a joke on themselves. Um, we got tickets to the concert a long time ago. Went. Everybody waited for two hours. You know, they wouldn't let us leave. They swear they were showing up. They showed up two hours later. Uh, Axel and um, Slash were so drunk. They played one song, and then they talked for like 20, 30 minutes, slurring, trying to tell us the story. And then when everybody started saying, play a freaking song, they got pissed and left. I'm like, wow, never again. So I just don't like a band that disrespects their audience. And that wasn't the first time they've done that. Real quick before you move on, what's your favorite Guns N' Roses song out of all of them? Do you have one? Out of all of them? Not that album? Not just the appetite for discussion, but any of their songs. What's your favorite? Man, that's really tough. Uh, geez, I have to take a look here because. Uh, well, let me give you mine and then I'll have you answer. Ahead. November Rain is my favorite out of yeah, all. Yeah, that's them. a great one. That song, that- just start to finish, it's a long song. It's nine minutes plus. Matter of fact, I just listened to a MTV Video Awards. Uh, they closed out a w- video awards back in 1992, and Sir Elton John was playing piano with Axel. It's such a great yeah. one. If you guys haven't seen that, I'll have to send no. it to you. To I couldn't to pick, it. man. I like Don't Cry. I yeah. like uh, um, Patience was brilliant. Uh, you Could Be Mine. I love the drums on that. I love the remake of Live and Let Die. It's really hard for me to pick, man. What do you Fish, think? Do uh, you got one? It's so easy. <laughs> I'm so sticking with that. It's so easy. Okay. It's, it's, what it's is just it a, about that song you like so much? It's just a hard rocking song. It was just a very raw song. Uh, that that's it. I just always liked it. Yeah, the other stuff's theme, good. Theme, theme to skit to Fisher's life. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It's so easy. Maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all I got for sports and music. Let's get some pop culture. Take it away, Fish. All right, guys. So, um, I right, just a couple, just a couple of things that's out there in pop culture, newer stuff. <clears throat> so, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder dropped uh, a couple weeks ago. I saw it. I know Keith, you saw it. You, you saw it with your sister mm-hmm. uh, Skinner. Have you seen this yet? I have not been able to see it yet, unfortunately. Uh, okay, so no spoilers here. So, just any initial thoughts on Thor: Love and Thunder, Keith? Well, we did talk about it last week. Um, did we? Yeah, we did. We covered because it. Because mentioned week. it was too much, co- too much attempt yeah, to little, comedy. A little too much comedy. They You're tried right. too hard yeah. with the comedy. You're right. So, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk go too about much the music real quick in that one because that's not a spoiler. You said there was a lot of Guns and Roses in it. A lot of Guns and Roses. Yeah, as a matter of fact, one of the kids, uh, one of the younger people in the movie, he wanted to be called Axel. He changed his name to Axel. Yeah, sure he did. He was wearing a uh, Guns and Roses shirt. That was the son of uh. Yeah, the Idris Alba character, his you know, yeah. the guard, his son. Oh, okay. Yeah. He had a Guns N' Roses poster on his bedroom wall, and they had at least five Guns N' Roses songs be- across a couple albums in the movie. So clearly they had a whole partnership with nice. them. Yeah, so very cool. I checked out uh, on FX here, guys, The Old Man. So the new series with Jeff Bridges. 
Uh, go check that out. And John Lithgow, so two of our better, the better actors of our generation. If you're looking for a good thriller uh, series, go check that out. And Jeff Bridges is, is phenomenal in this. And obviously, he's an older gentleman, but he kicks ass. He learned he's uh, has a background, has an extensive set of skills. We'll kind of leave it at that. And he definitely uses those skills throughout the series. Very, very good series. There's like five or six episodes that are out there now on FX. You can check it there out there on the FX app or Hulu. And uh, definitely uh, recommend. Now, Keith, you started to watch this a little bit. What do you think about the old Yeah, man? as a matter of fact, you mentioned it to me on a text message. Yes. And I had just recently saw it. I said, okay, well, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I was taken in by the first episode. Um, I just think it's great to see Bridges at his age, leading man. Uh, there's some great action scenes in here. Uh, former CIA agent, uh, been off the grid for years, and um, it is just really awesome. John Lithgow's great in anything he does, and uh, I am I am loving it. I'm up to episode five right now. Yep. And man, I can't sit, wait to see where it's going. But uh, it is really fantastic. Yeah, very good. So definitely check that out. I saw a preview here, guys. We talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, Going to drop on Hulu on August the 5th, uh, Prey, P-R-E-Y, mm -hmm. and it's, a, it's an origin story of the Predator, but set in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. So it's the Native Americans versus Predator. Uh, the previews look incredible. I really love this concept. The Predator is a, just such an interesting character because you could do this type of stuff you could you could put the creatures like this on earth mm -hmm. at different any period of time you want to i mean they, mm -hmm. they you know there's no time frame as far as and it and works we, and it works and we don't care how long they've been around doesn't matter to us it's just it's a predator on earth in a different time period and you could continue if this does well it would not right. surprise me if and I want to say something while you're on ahead. that point, Fisher. Just because you're on this point, so that's why I'm interrupting. It doesn't work with everything else. It works with that. Yes. Uh, remember, they try so desperately to to keep the uh, the uh, Friday the 13th series going. Today, they had to put Jason in outer space. Which I love that movie, <laughs> by the way. Jason X <laughs> is one of the greatest but it was really bad, bad movies you of all admit time. It was bad. It was bad. It was a great bad it movie. It was bad. Yeah. Right. So, you know, other places desperately try to do something like this, but with Predator, it just worked so easy yes. because of the concept, you know? Yes. So I'm very excited for this. Skinner, are you a Predator fan? Yeah. Are you interested in Prey when it comes out? You, yeah, I hadn't heard about it till we talked about it before the show. I've got it marked down here. I'm definitely going to be interested in seeing it. All right, very good. Okay, some current pop culture news. One of Skinner's favorite topics, Keith, is cancel culture. He, you know, he <laughs> firmly supports and appreciates cancel culture. But making oh, some of the yeah. news, making some of the news is uh, Dave Chappelle recently had a, uh, a an event canceled in Minneapolis. Uh, because he got there was a hundred and twenty signatures at the time on change.org where people were coming in and protesting his uh because he's 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 mentioned something you know, about transgenders and and as we've talked about Dave Chappelle before, he's not speaking out against transgenders themselves. He doesn't he doesn't you know say it's wrong to be a transgender. People just aren't paying attention to his message, right? All they all they're hearing about, they're probably not even looking at. They're probably not even researching exactly what he's saying. No, all no, they're they hearing just hear somebody else say something or run right. With it. All they're hearing is that someone said a friend of theirs or somebody said Dave Chappelle is against transgenders. Mm. Will you sign this petition? Mm -hmm. Oh sure, and they don't pay attention. And the venue unfortunately caved into that and canceled this particular uh, event. I think that's just getting ridiculous when he gets to stuff like that so it's unfortunate like i said before you start signing petitions and and protesting against somebody first of all really like i said pay attention to what he or she is really saying right do some research listen carefully um, and make up your own mind yeah as a matter of fact he's very uh you know he, he's 100 he's he's 
I think he speaks a lot about equality with transgenders, to where he's not afraid to to talk about. Why, well, why why aren't the black people signing petitions? Because all the black jokes he's made. Exactly right. Well, we talked about David Chappelle in a previous episode, and I can't remember which special it was that had came out that he talked about a story of the transgender that opened for him in one of yeah, his Yeah, that sets. was one of the greatest stories right. and moments in comedy I've ever I heard. I went back after we we did that show, and I watched that that uh, particular um, uh, comedy special, and it made me sit back in my seat and go, wow. Yeah, I've known this guy, what he's been all about for some time now, but for to us to see him talk about this individual and the way he, the message that I got from him is nothing like culture, cult, uh, no. culture cancer, cancel. I'm sorry. It's cancer. And I tell you what else ticks me off too. 126 votes. That's not enough votes for the no. average church to switch from Pepsi to Coke in their vending machines. No. Right. That's ridiculous, man. And Shame whatever happened to freedom of speech? And especially, whatever ever happened to the the understanding when it's comedy? You know what I'm saying? That's right. And, and unless you're you're preaching hatred, which I'm fine with anybody. I don't care about uh, uh, freedom of speech if when it comes to preaching hatred right now, because I think responsibility of speech is equally as important. But unless you're preaching hatred, whatever happened to that? We've had comedians say some of the most outlandish things, and I don't know why he's being targeted all of a sudden. But I think because he's at the top of his game, and people hate it, and this is a way to try to bring him down. Well, like I said, too, they're, just, they're not listening. They're not paying attention to they're exactly what he's saying. at all. So before you guys, if out there listening, is like, you know, thinking that we're, you know, we're not pro- uh, you know, we're not down on transgender people ourselves. It's just we're oh, saying no, that just pay attention, pay pay attention to what Dave Chappelle and others might be saying in their message before right. you are quick to judge and you're right. just going off with somebody. Yeah, we're somebody said not or somebody anybody, said, and right. we wouldn't promote somebody that was condemning anybody. Right, exactly. No, not at all. All right, so this week of pop culture history, real quick here. Now we talked about bad movies. Uh. Back in 1959, July 22nd, so this week, uh, some people argue it is the worst movie ever made, and they've definitely parodied this movie and mentioned it on other TV shows and everything else here, but uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space uh, was released. So that was something that on Seinfeld, I remember, that Seinfeld had a thing to where it was just they wanted to go see it in a theater on the show that was mm -hmm. something that they always did Never and, that and then keith you mentioned the ed wood movie well, they talked about yes. this here so i've never seen it keith you saw it so what are your thoughts on plan nine from outer space is it so bad it's good I, or what do you I, think i i yeah that's the uh, that's the way to describe it and the best thing i could say about it fisher to get over to you it would be the perfect movie to play in your backyard oh for us yeah on a watch okay oh. it I think we would have a ball with it. It is that bad that it's that entertaining. And, and the only thing that was more entertaining than that was watching the making of that uh, director, Ed Wood. What a character. Johnny Depp was brilliant uh, in that role. Ed, uh, Ed Wood was one of the best movies I ever saw. Um, just to see Bella Lugosi at the end of his years and Ed Wood trying to revive his career. It was just hysterical. You know, and, and, you know, Bella Lugosi talking about he just took some, uh, what was that? Uh, I don't know, uh, cocaine and and morphine with a heroin chaser or something stupid like that. <laughs> it was just a great movie. But, yeah, I, I love playing Nine from Outer Space. That's a great idea to watch uh, to watch that movie out of the backyard. That's a, I, I love that. So it will definitely look to play. Let's say make gonna... that happen because I've not seen that movie either. Let's okay. love that. Yeah, and also it's there might be a great the the Jurassic World Dominion is now available for rent and stream. I saw oh, that as well. Okay. So might be an interesting pairing to have something recent and the their bad movie here. Well, another good idea, guys, is uh, to uh, check out our sponsor, RPM Bike Shop, quality electric bikes at an affordable price, family-owned business out of. Uh, beautiful Carrollton, Ohio. 
find their information on their Facebook page or their website, RPM Bike Shop. Um, again, quality bikes, pedal like a normal bike, use electric charge. Go check them out, and we appreciate their, their sponsorship. And uh, another good idea, Keith, is to yet again prepare ourselves for another flawless outro by our own Mike Skinner. And you know, we don't know if he's thinking about maybe a, a, a mean ex a breakup or a nice one or something like that. So we'll right. see what we'll, we'll see what type of emotions that he might have here for us. To take okay, us out. Before he yet. says that. Yes, you have another announcement, sir. I wanna, Go ahead. I, I just want to say a special thank you. Uh, it means a lot to me when I know someone's listening to the show. And good proof of that is when they respond. So I want to say a thank you to uh, Amy Cooper, um, dear friend of ours, the, uh, the wife of our fourth musketeer coach, John Cooper, uh, listening to the show. Had some interesting feedback uh, for Skinner. I don't know if you saw it. And uh, yeah. just, appreci just appreciate it. So. I just want to say thank you to Amy Cooper. So do yep. you guys you guys talk less and let Fisher talk more? Was it something like that? <laughs> it was pretty much. Yeah. No. Okay. Good. Yeah, no, she, she yeah. did have a comment about the uh, story we talked about last week, and I appreciate her her uh, opinion. That's for sure. Yeah. So we definitely ran long, folks. Uh, the guys at uh, WMVU are going to try to figure out how to get us an hour out of this but um, so for Brian Fisher Keith Porter I'm Michael Skinner we're the guys from Gen X hope you enjoyed the show we will talk to you next week enjoy it folks stay strong Gen X believe it don't you ever quit i've been away a long long time i mean a really long time and my roommate is still going strong meet his roommate renews it roommate air freshener with twice the freshening liquid so it freshens air longer than magic mushroom it's incredible i can't believe how long my roommate is lasting long lasting roommate from renews it where fresh ideas are always in the air